What is up, everybody? We're back with episode 10, if I can adjust my chair, of the RC podcast. How about that mess? I don't even know where to begin. I really don't. Just when they look dead in the water, they come back to life. They've won 15 of their last 17 games, including, during that stretch, a 7-game win streak and an 8-game win streak. 8-2 and two in their last 10 overall. They now sit... 61 and 57 on the year. Third place in the NL East. Eight and a half back of first. And in the wild card, they are a full game back of a wild card spot. They got Milwaukee in front of them, and then they got St. Louis and the Nationals currently holding the top two wild card spots. Now, with regards to this past weekend series, it was on. Believable. We're going to go a little bit more in depth into that in just a little bit. But first, uh, before this national series, the Mets had the, the, that was this past weekend, it concluded today. The Mets had the day off on Thursday, and they were in Miami where they got the four game sweep, including the doubleheader on Monday. They won the last two games against the Pirates. And then before that, they swept the Pirates and White Sox in previous series. So, they've been taking full advantage of playing weaker teams. You know, a lot of people have been... I, don't, I hate hearing this. I don't want to hear it anymore. The argument of, well, the Mets are playing bad teams. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if they're playing the Detroit Tigers. Doesn't matter if they're playing the Dodgers every other night. If you're winning ball games. You're winning ball games. The Mets had the perfect opportunity in their schedule, and they took full advantage of it. And that's and it's mostly Yankee fans. You see a lot of Yankees fans on Twitter, they're like, "Oh, it's the Mets. They're gonna choke like last year, or they're gonna choke like years past." And oh, they had such an easy schedule. And then meanwhile, they're gonna go sit there and complain that they have all these injuries, yet they've won over 70 games this year. Makes total sense though right yeah so <laughs> so the Mets now are cruising along they've gotten themselves back in the race at one when they went into the all-star break they were everyone thought done going into the trade deadline everyone thought they were sellers they said bet and went forward and now they're an exciting team to watch and if um was it last night or Saturday it was Saturday no Last night was Saturday. Friday night. If Friday night, if that game against the Nationals didn't tell you that this team is for real, I don't know what did. That was the one of the greatest Mets games I have ever seen. The greatest Mets, or so the best Mets game I've seen in terms of the best pitched game was World Series Game 5 from Matt Harvey. That was the best pitched game I have ever seen, if you consider all the circumstances going into that. The best overall game I've seen, I really can't think of. The only game that comes to mind that even compares to Friday night is on, uh, I don't can't remember if it was in Labor Day weekend or if it was August of 2015. The Real, Real Mets fans, you guys will know what game I'm talking about. The Kirk Neuenheis hit the go-ahead home run in the middle of that playoff race, and the Mets won that game and swept the Nationals that series. 
That besides that one, I think Friday night though may have passed that. When you consider all the circumstances, we're, we're gonna go back into some highlights to talk about that game specifically. It was absolutely awesome. Actually, let's let's go into it now. So on Friday, you got game you got game one of the series. All right, you got Marcus Stroman making his uh, City Field debut against. Oh, pulled up the wrong game here. You got Marcus Stroman making his his home debut against um, Strasburg, and Stroman came out absolutely firing. Had seven strikeouts through the first three innings, finished with nine, which is a season high for him. And then the bullpen came in and was solid. They were, yeah, I would say solid. Uh, Wilson pitched an inning, gave up a run. Gasolman pitched an inning and a third, gave up a run. Avalon pitched two-thirds of a shutout inning. The game was really crazy. So, Rendon triples, gets the stor- scoring started. Juan Soto homers, gets puts the Nats up 3 nothing. Then in the fourth, bottom of the fourth, that happened in the top of the fourth. Bottom of the fourth. Pete Alonso comes up, hits a two-run homer. J.D. Davis comes up, hits a solo homer. In the seventh, Anthony Rendon homers, and it's 5-3 Nats. And then in the top of the ninth, the Nationals scored another run, making it 6-3. And that is when things started getting crazy. 6-3, we're heading to the bottom of the ninth. Mets get uh, back-to-back hits from J.D. Davis and Wilson Ramos. And Todd Frazier comes up. Of all the people on the planet, Todd Frazier. I'm sitting in my living room watching this game. And I'm thinking in my head, how cool would it be if he homered right here? But then I'm also thinking, there's no chance that he's going to tie this game right now. And then... uh, then Todd Frazier decided to be that guy that proves me wrong, just like every other Major League Baseball player that I've created a scenario like that for. Uh, I all I I hit, see the ball flying, I'm like that's going foul, and then it just kept staying fair, and I could not believe what I was watching. I was shake, I was jumping up and down, shaking. I could not believe it. Take a listen to it. His 15th home run of the year gets the double out of here from Gary Cohen off Sean Doolittle, who was one in there. Looks like an easy save. And I was, that stadium, just watching it on TV, I wish what I would give to have been there for that game was absolutely insane. And then the Nationals, uh, Davey Martinez, keeps Sean Doolittle in. Mets get two more base runners on, including Joe Panic's first hit with the Mets. We're going to talk about the si- signing of Joe Panic in a little bit. And then you got runners on first and second now with two outs. I'm thinking, okay, this game's going extra innings. And then Michael Conforto comes up, 
and says otherwise. The Mets come back. They score four runs in the bottom of the ninth. Conforto's first career walk-off hit. Mets somehow, some way pulled it out. I was, I lost my voice for a little bit. I woke up the next morning. My voice was a little hoarse after watching the end of that game. I could, I really had no words. It was absolutely awesome. And after that game. You know, watching Pete Alonso rip off, <clears throat> rip off Conforto's jersey, seeing Dom Smith out there on his freaking scooter, which was absolutely amazing. Just that whole sequence of events was absolutely awesome. And that had to, if the Mets end up making the postseason this year, <clears throat> and you want to point out one game that sets them apart, and what. This game was, as in this game was the change to our season. This is where we turned it around and showed we were for real. I go back to August 9th. That Friday night against the Nationals, is that's what I'm looking at. And then in game two, they pulled off the same magic again. They pulled off two runs in the bottom of the eighth to win it 4-3. to three. And then today... Did, ran out of magic a little bit at the end. Nationals got some late action for off of Edwin Diaz that the Mets could not capitalize back again on. But they're still in the midst of their hot stretch. They got the day off tomorrow. And then they are in Atlanta for three. Then they're in Kansas City for three. And then they come back home to take on the Indians, Braves, and Cubs before they head on the road again. So a nice stretch for the Mets. Um, I said on Twitter earlier today, they won two out of three against the Nationals. That's all they need to do. Really, really that's all they need to do. If you keep win- When you're playing teams like the Nationals, the Dodgers, uh, they got the Indians in there who have been on fire lately. You, having win- If you keep winning two out of three, three out of four, if you keep doing two out of three, two out of three, two out of three, that's going to add up over time. And I think if the Mets can keep winning series, they don't necessarily have to. Obviously, sweeping would be the goal. Okay, but if they can't sweep, if they're at least winning the series, that's going to keep them in it down the stretch. And if you pounce when you play the Diamondbacks, the Marlins, the Royals, when you play those teams, you capitalize on that opportunity. That's how you're going to stay in it. They have a tough stretch, one of the tougher stretches in the league the rest of the year, but I have no doubt, especially, I mean, they took advantage of the weaker teams, and now they're playing the better teams, but like, you're going to sit there and be like, oh, they're playing the weaker teams, that this shouldn't count. Well, the Braves coughed up, oh, um, they coughed up a game to the Marlins last night, so, I mean, it's, doesn't matter who you're playing. And they are playing better teams, and they know they're going to compete with those teams. That's really all there is to it. So I mentioned uh, Joe Panic earlier. 
Mets signed Joe Panic to a one-year major league deal. Uh, the former San Francisco Giant, they added him. They DFA'd a Danny Echeverria, which was kind of surprising. Um, I did not think they were going to get rid of Echeverria that quickly. But, you know, it's it's whatever. I mean, this year with the Giants, he wasn't doing anything spectacular. He was batting 235 with a 627 OPS, three homers, and uh, 27 RBIs, over 344 at-bats. So he wasn't, I mean, he wasn't great with the Giants, but he does. he's coming to the Mets with playoff experience. He's got a gold glove. He's been an all-star. And with the big injury to Cano, you don't, you don't know when he's coming back. It was really a no-brainer. Um, born about 20 minutes from City Field. He lived in Yonkers. I mean, it really worked out perfectly. And then not only did the Mets bring in Joe Panic to fill in that hole at second base, they, brought, they went out and got another reliever to their bullpen, former Baltimore Oriole. They put very low-risk gamble for both these guys. They signed Brad Brock. Um, he was one of ba- he was arguably one of baseball's best relievers. Uh, he was an All-Star in 2016. He posted over his time with the Padres, Orioles, and Braves. He's posted a 3.05 ERA from 2012 to 2018, not including this year. Pitching for the Padres, O's and Braves, like I mentioned. He's also appeared in three postseason games for Baltimore and two more last October for Atlanta. This year, he struggled. He signed a one-year deal with the Cubs. Posted an ERA over six in 42 games. They released him, came to New York, had a lot of teams interested in him, but decided to come to New York because he said he grew up a Mets fan. What I thought was awesome in 2015, after Baltimore was eliminated from the playoffs, he went to the game, I believe it was game three, was David Wright's World. If I'm wrong, I'm, I apologize if I'm wrong. I believe it was game three, was David Wright's homer. And he was in attendance wearing a Mets jersey for David Wright's homer in the World Series, which is pretty freaking cool. So this guy was pretty much almost destined. He was born to be a Met. Both him and Panic are nice, low-cost, high-potential return investments for them. Uh, Really, it's a win-win situation. I mean, you didn't spend much to get these guys. You help uh, put a nice boost in your lineup offensively and defensively. You get a nice bullpen arm in there. I mean, it was really low-cost, high-gain. I mean, really, the Mets can't come out losers by signing these two guys considering they got them for pretty much nothing in terms of cost so I mean things are looking really good if if I'm the Mets right now af- even after I lost today I'm thinking I'm feeling really good going into Atlanta I'm feeling really good when the Indians come into town I'm feeling really good when I play the Dodgers later on in the year I'm feeling really good about the entire rest of the year they got a lot of positive momentum on their side and definitely, definitely will be making a push at this thing. I mean, just when you counted them out 
they're right back in it and I applaud them for it and realistically I don't think the division's out of the question here I I mean I think they could win the division I think a wild card is more realistic I guess it's more likely that that will happen than uh, them winning the division but again with baseball you never know that's the beauty of it you never know what you're going to see I mean the Nationals pulled or the Mets pulled what the Nationals did earlier this year just when they hit rock bottom they found themselves back in the race and as a Mets fan that's all you can ask for so we're going to transition now as we talk about the freezing hot Mets right now who've caught the league by storm winning 15 of 17 we're transitioning into the end of our episode episode 10 with our MLB wrap up Tim Beckham we're going to start right with that of the Seattle Mariners suspended 80 games for PEDs now I could go on and on for those of you who know me personally I absolutely despise when players get caught with PEDs I lose all respect for them and yes that does include Robbie Cano sorry I mean I love when he contributes but at the same time he's a cheater in my eyes but that's not oh what happened here sorry about that so with regards to Tim Beckham and really, any inst- that's a huge blow to the Mariners. I mean, not the Mariners were going to do anything this year, but he, what he did with Baltimore and what he's doing with Seattle offensively, that's a big blow. That they got that's a big hole they got to fill. But just to sum it up in terms of my opinion on the whole thing, because I could go on for probably close to an hour on it, the topic. Anybody, I don't care who you are. I don't care what team you play for. I don't care what stats you have accomplished. If you have been proven guilty of using performance-enhancing drugs in Major League Baseball, you should not be eligible for the Hall of Fame. At all. I don't care who. I don't care if you're Barry Bonds. I don't care if you're David Wright. I don't care who you, I don't care, I mean, David Wright didn't do any of that stuff, but I mean, I don't care who you are, you could be one of the greatest players, you could be Babe Ruth, or you could be someone in the minor leagues with the Mariners right now, I don't care, <clears throat> if you are proven guilty of performance enhancing drugs, you should not be allowed in Cooperstown, period. And the reason I feel like I feel that way is because I feel it is disrespectful to the game that you feel that it's your best interest to put a substance in your body to boost your performance and put yourself at an advantage over your other competitors who worked their butt off to get to that point. You know, I mean... And Barry Bonds is probably the best example. I mean, look at Barry Bonds when he was with the Pirates. I mean, for those of you who've seen me in person, I'm a skinny dude. I'm a stick, essentially. I'm a stick with arms and legs. Barry Bonds pretty much looked like that when he was with the Pirates. Then he goes over to the Giants, and he's freaking 
built like a tree trunk. I mean, come on. That's why I don't think Barry Bonds home run record should count. You know, in my eyes, Hank Aaron is still the home run king. And Barry Bonds should not be allowed in Cooperstown. I mean, granted, Barry Bonds hasn't been picked there yet, or elected into Cooperstown yet, but you have to, if I were a writer, I would never vote for him. I would never vote for any cheater. I don't care if they're a Met. I mean, even with Cano, if Cano is eligible for the Hall of Fame, or when he is eligible, he probably will get in just because of what he's done in his career. But if I were a voter... Even though he's a Met, I wouldn't vote for him. I really wouldn't. And I know with Cano, he had a substance in his body that was meant to cover up another substance. But still, if you violate that PED rule that MLB has, <clears throat> dunzo. I don't care. So, again, I don't want to go off on a complete tangent, but Beckham, obviously, I mean, really... It's kind of, if you, I mean, I don't want to use the word, but it's really the best word to describe it. If you want to be selfish, jeopardize your own career, your own reputation, and hurt your teammates from it. I mean, that's really all I could say about it without going into a giant rant. So we're going to move on. We got some injury updates regarding Major League Baseball, some of which I did not even know were happening. So for one of which is the Washington Nationals. So today, Juan Soto, who is the last person the Nationals need hurt, came around limping around the base. He was taken out with a mild right ankle sprain and is listed as day-to-day. They also have Max Scherzer, who is back on the I.L. with upper back issues. He's throwing bullpens, which is huge for them. If the Nationals can get back... Max Scherzer sooner rather than later. This is the perfect. These are the type of series that Max or stretches that Max Scherzer was born for. I mean, he was meant to come into this situation that the Nationals are in, thick in a wild card race, and going out there leading them to the playoffs. So hopefully he'll get back. He's personally one of my favorites to watch. So I do hope he gets back soon. And then also, that's who's been out. Two big names that have been out there we're going to touch on briefly. Blake Snell and Christian Yelich. So Christian Yelich, he missed his fifth game today due to back discomfort. Probably from carrying the Milwaukee Brewers. But the outfielder, I don't know why I just referred to him as an outfielder. I'm looking at my notes right now and I literally just tried reading it word for word, which is what I'm not trying to do. So Yelich... Pinch hit today in the eighth inning. He should be back Tuesday when the Twins come into Miller Park. Hopefully, the Brewers need him. They are, offensively, they are so much worse without him. It is unbelievable. With what he, I mean, he's got almost 40 homers this year. He could be a bat. He's a contender for a triple crown. And if they don't have Yelly. The Brewers aren't going to go anywhere. They could make October still without him, but I don't think they go far in October without him. And then the Rays are getting close slowly to getting their ace back. He had uh, Blake Snell had arthroscopic left elbow surgery. He started playing catch last week. He's about four weeks still away, but if he's back in September, 
but that'll be the perfect tie. And the Rays currently sit in one of the wild. Do they have the top? Let me check here. I believe they have the top wild card spot. No, they are tied. So the Indians and the Twins are tied technically because they're tied in the division. And then the Rays have that second wild card spot, leading the A's by a game and a half. So if the season ended today, Tampa's in there. And if the season ended today, if you don't have Blake Snell starting that wild card game, you're in a bit of a pickle. I mean, they do have Charlie Warren, who right now they probably would start in that game. But obviously with the reigning AL Cy Young winner on your staff, you're more often than not going to want him starting your winner-take-all game. That's pretty much going to wrap it up for today's episode of the Our City Podcast. Episode 10 down in the books. We're going to be back next Sunday with episode 11. Wrapping up the Mets. A little road trip they got going on in Atlanta and Kansas City. Hopefully next time we talk they'll be back in the wild card race. Don't count them out. 15 to 17. They're certainly still in this race. Thank you for tuning in. Make sure you guys are subscribing. Spreading the word about us. Telling your friends. Let us know in the comments, too, what you like, what you don't like, what we can improve on. We're open to any suggestions you guys have. Thank you for tuning in for Episode 10 of the Our City Podcast. Let's go Mets.